Hi, I'm Lucas James. And I'm Jordan Ross. And we're the co-hosts of How to Scale an Agency. After scaling our own agencies to over $185,000 per month in sales and working with agencies doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue like Hawk Media and Neil Patel, we've made this show to interview the top digital marketing agency owners and highlight the fastest ways to scale your agency. If you'd like to join the best digital marketing agency community on the planet and let us help you scale, go to twiz.io to sign up today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How to Scale an Agency. I'm on with the Stephen Pope of My Amazon Guy. He actually recently was just landed on the Inc. 5000. Super excited to hear his story of how he was able to do that. Thank you so much, Stephen, for being on the show. Thanks for having me, Lucas. So, Stephen, what was the number one thing, the biggest contributing factor in your mind, if you can't even pinpoint one, because uh, I'm sure there's multiple, uh, that contributed to your really high ranking this year on the uh, Inc. 5000 and that fast growth you've been experiencing with your agency. So every product ever needs the three Ps, people, product, and process, of course. And so we just had a really good synergy between those three Ps just going off really well. I started the outbound acquisition program for the first time, basically Jan 1 of this year in 2022. Before that, we did all of our growth. 100% of growth was inbound. That means people had watched one of our 1,200 videos on YouTube and all the other podcasting and came to us. But we said, you know what? There's, there's just thousands of Amazon sellers out there that have never heard about my Amazon guy. How do we get in touch with them? What do we do? I've never been an outbound lead list builder. I've never tried to cold call anybody. All of these skills were foreign to us. So I started hiring some account executives. I learned what these crazy acronyms of BDRs meant, and I've got business development representatives all of a sudden, and now I've got closers and sales managers. And, you know, long story short, we got a team of 15 people on the outbound process. Now, obviously along the way, sales can outcompete operations and you got to build operations back up. So I ended up hiring 100 interns this year. Uh, that's, wow. that's not an exaggeration. <laughs> it's actually probably an under quantity. It might be as high as 150. And we basically had to train people in every aspect of what it takes to run an agency. We launched Mag School this year, mag-school.com, which is courses on Amazon for like 10 and $20. And the reason we did that wasn't to make money. It was because we needed to find talent and we needed to be able to figure out what talent to hire as humanly fast as possible. So we put a lot of people through uh, these courses. You know, it might take two to four hours a pop and, you know, figure out who can get certified. And the tests are hard and we wrote hard questions on purpose and stuff like that. Yeah. So all of that kind of uh, came to be uh, accumulated. And, and, you know, I learned how to be a sales director for outbound this year. I I'd been doing content generation for years on end and we've had a really successful run. Obviously the title of the podcast is how to scale an agency. And if you, if you're interested in sharing, feel free to share as much or as little as you want here, but because what, what was the year that the, the agency was launched officially? It was What year was it? 2018. So we're just over four and a half years now. I hired my first client off a LinkedIn post 48 hours after I started the agency when I was just literally my Amazon guy. And I had to hire my first assistant under two weeks because it was so overwhelming for the demand that I was receiving. My first YouTube video that I made about selling on Amazon was how to build an Amazon storefront. And I'm not a designer, but I knew how frustrating the process was. And so yeah. I basically just showed like how I, you know, hodgepodge it together. And, and quite frankly, that's still my most popular video on YouTube. And I'm just like, man, I've come so far <laughs> since the basics of just throwing some pictures into some modules and whatnot. 
but I was onto something. Clearly there was yeah. demand to know how to do something that people didn't know how to do, or if they knew how to do it, it was just super damn frustrating. And we filled the niche, you know, you got to beat your war drum over and over and over again. But I made a decision on branding from day one that I was going to share all of my trade secrets on how to run an agency, how to sell on Amazon. And so I gave out all of my knowledge. That was yeah. obviously super beneficial to the Amazon selling community, but it also really benefited me. And it's very much the Gary Vee strategy. At the time, I didn't know it was the Gary Vee strategy. I, I, didn't, I didn't discover Gary Vee until 2020, believe it or not. But once I did, I realized, oh, I'm doing what Gary Vee talks about. Make lots of content. I mean, yeah. like if you only knew one thing about Gary Vee, it'd be like, the dude makes a frick ton of content. He's got a style. He's got a, you know, you may or may not like the style, but the dude, you got to give it to him. It makes a frick right. ton of content. So that's what I did. And it worked for me. And I have content on literally any question you could ask about Amazon. Now there's some benefits to that. Anytime I go to a conference, anytime I get on the phone with literally any prospect ever, I have the answer to every question. Now, some of you think that's arrogant, but I'm telling you, it's just true. Right. And that the reason it's true is because I've answered every question in a video before. I've had to go research it. I've had to make the content. I have thousands of yeah. infographics. Um, and, you know, and Lucas has started building out his empire of infographics as well. And I've, I've been like, you know, sending a couple of suggestions his way. And it's been yeah. great to see some of that growth. Well, I was going to say, I mean, for everyone listening, a lot of my yeah, strategy has actually yeah, been from what you've, you've been doing and seeing you online. And, you know, one thing that, I think in terms of in terms of growth rate, so it's been four and a half years, which is funny because that's the same year we got started too, which is crazy. A lot of the best, fastest growing agencies right now all started in the same year. It's it, there's something about 2018. It's like it's like our graduating class. Yeah. <laughs> like my number one competitor, whose name I won't name, 2018. We're also wow. within five spots of me on the uh, Fortune 500. So if you want to go look at that, that's crazy. Well, you know, I, I think. Describe to me what that growth curve looked like. Was it was it exponential? Was it compounding year over year? What was it? What was it like? I mean, year one, year two, year three, year four. Like, what were the biggest jumps? You know, if I look back, every time I made the jump, I would be like, "This is the biggest jump ever." It's super hard. <laughs> like, and then the next year, do the same thing except more. And and that's of course a good story, right? Like that's the Cinderella story everybody always wants. But, but there are certain thresholds that you hit as an agency that are very difficult. I think the most difficult one is when you hit 40 clients. So today we have 300 clients. So you know the end. And when you begin, you have one client, right? So it's the messy middle that becomes a question of scaling up and whether you can get your traction. Now, for those that are really paying attention, I just mentioned five business books in the course of a couple of sentences there without actually calling the business <laughs> books. But you can rewind that and figure out which business books you need to watch. So you don't go down the road less stupid. Actually, you do want to go down the road less stupid. I was trying to name another business book. Let's see where I got. <laughs> All right. So fact of the matter is when you hit 40 accounts, if you don't have a second account director by 40 accounts, you're toast. Yep. Quite frankly, if you don't have it by 30, you're toast because by the time you get to 40, it's too late. Everything that I've discovered in interviewing hundreds of other agencies is that there is there are barriers at certain levels. If you're... Yeah not system building to get to 100 clients, you will never get past 40. And the number one mistake I, th I think I see people make is they don't hire that second account director. An account director, and the way I'm defining this, is somebody who oversees the account managers. They're also called brand managers at some agencies. 
And those brand managers slash account managers are the direct client interface. Now, if, if you as the agency owner are doing client facing brand work, you are a glorified brand manager. There's nothing wrong with that, but you got to state the facts. If you are managing the people and you occasionally show up to a call once a month with the client, but the right. brand manager is doing the rest of the work, you're an account director. That's what an account director does. They make sure the client is taken care of. They do some escalation work. Uh, they do some strategic communication and some planning and making sure there's a little bit of project management uh, smoothed out, right? But if we look at the first eight people in an organization, it's an account director and seven tactical specialists. And then once you get to 15 employees, then you've got like a layer of system. You can't go past, no person can manage eight direct reports successfully, more than that. Right. At that point, when you get to 15 employees, you better have half of your employees managing two employees each, right? Like that's, that's just got to happen. And so you're going to have buddy systems and pairings. And, you know, as your, as your agency scales, you have to literally destroy it and rebuild it. You right. are a bald eagle ripping off the face. And for those that don't know, this is really what bald eagles do. Like they, they rip off their beak. When they, when they go about like, this is true. It happens. So like as wow. an agency owner, I am going in and destroying my company to rebuild it like a Phoenix coming out of the ashes, every <laughs> single layer. And if yeah. you don't do this, you will reseed and, and, and instead of right. growing, you will, you will lose clients. Hi, this is Lucas James. Are you struggling to get meetings booked with potential prospects for your agency? I'll tell you what, when I first started, I had the same issue, but I was able to A-B test hundreds of different variations of copy on multiple channels and figured out a secret formula to convert anyone from anywhere into taking a meeting with me. I've mastered this approach and now my agency, Twiz, books meetings on autopilot. Last year, we booked 1,731 meetings, closed 234 accounts, and generated $1.72 million in revenue. I want the same thing for your agency, so I've decided to give away some of my best performing outbound copy scripts for free. That's right, absolutely free. If you want to transform your business for free, go to scale.twiz.io to get your free lead scripts today. That's scale.twiz.io scale s c a l e dot twiz dot i o now back to the show i totally resonate with that 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 was actually kind of what we ended up doing so this year is going to be the first year where we kind of like plateaued and i spent a year just building software that was something i always wanted to do so if somebody's not down for that i, I really don't recommend it because it is a lot of work but it's the same thing right like we were at a, a huge revenue growth rate. And then we just kind of plateaued because the founders took a management exit, focused on a new website and uh, a software. It took about 12 months to build. And so I totally get that. Like you have to reinvent. And now I'm, I'm super happy. I'm going all back in on the agency because there's an ecosystem. It's like everything feeds into both now. We have this community, we have the software and we have the agency. So I can grow the agency again with just as much you know, uh, fervor because I know the software is done and I can like, feed it all back into the software. So one thing that I think is really cool about what you've done so far is that uh, I've been talking a lot about try before you buy marketing and I've been really pushing that. And I actually started thinking before this call, I was like, okay, I'm starting to see that try before you buy marketing is what's working in almost all of these campaigns, outbound and inbound, whatever, to get more leads and meetings for clients. And I was thinking, how is, how is Steven doing this? Because 
you know, I, I don't necessarily know if you do the same formula as we do, where we'll like work a little bit for free to show people that we know what we're doing. But I realized that what you do, which is really, it's the same concept and, and maybe you realize it or not, I'm sure you do, is that you're basically giving them the try before you buy offer through your YouTube videos. Cause you're like, look, you don't need to pay me yet. Go do all my Nailed videos. It. And if you need to work with me, come work with me, right? And that's basically what the best companies do at scale. Because if you didn't do your YouTube videos and you didn't create that try before you buy stuff, then people wouldn't have as much trust with you and it would probably take longer for them to close. I'm curious, is that kind of how you look at it? With the inbound side? sales process was always like that. I, I felt like Philip Fry, right, on Futurama, shut up and take my money. That was the experience that I had as an agency owner. I never had to convince somebody to hire me. They, yeah. they got on the phone and said, shut up and take my money. And that's because of the try for buy before you buy on the, on the videos. I've solved dozens of their problems before they even got on the phone with me. How, yeah. how to do everything from loading a product to Amazon to troubleshooting the crazy hundreds of ways it goes wrong along the way. Outbound, totally different. Hey, I'm my Amazon guy. Have you heard of us? No. I, that was <laughs> shocking for me. I was like, how is this even possible? I have a thousand videos on YouTube. I've sent yeah. postcards to hundreds of thousands of Amazons. How have yeah. you, I've been to conferences. How have you never heard of me? Well, it turns out there's a lot of people that keep, keep their ostrich heads in the ground and never look right. up. And this, yeah. this is, this is common. Like, and that's not, that's not an insult. That's just reality, right? Like as, as marketers, yeah. I always get pissed off when people don't talk about realism and demographic targeting, like, like, so, and so like, and, and I, you know, I don't want to go into politics with Lucas cause we're on the different sides, but, but like <laughs> when it comes to politics, your job as a politician is to cast as wide of a tent as possible. And you mm -hmm. want every voter in the world, doesn't matter, you'll lie to their face to get their vote. When yeah. it comes to marketing, the opposite is true. You want to narrow your tent's focus so dang much that when they show yeah. up and they're under the tent, they're look, they look around and they say, these are my people. This right. is my product. This right. is the service that I want to buy. And I think this has been lost in the digital marketing world in the past decade for reasons I won't go into. But basically, that's what we've identified. And so with... Going back to my ostrich comment, these Amazon sellers, my customers, they are so focused on just trying to put food on the table, literally. They, like, right. like the skills that are required to be an Amazon seller are tenacity and the ability to just outlast the other guy. And, and so like, it's this tactical war zone. Yeah. So they don't have time to go to conferences. They don't have time to look up on YouTube. They are just like barely getting across the line. And, yeah. and, and a lot of times they end up being um, really good operators when it comes to sourcing or really good operators when it comes to inventory. But marketing was never on their list of activities. And right. these, are the, these are the choice customers that I chase all day long, but they don't know what they don't know. They don't know who yeah. I am. And those are the outbound uh, things that we had to figure out how to accomplish this year. And I, and I credit a lot of that success to basically going on their listing and telling, giving them advice and saying, here are the yeah. things that we recommend you do. Here is free advice. We have custom made this for you. Yeah, It's yours. We haven't even talked to yeah. you yet. Yeah, And we're giving this to you. And then for the next five emails, hey, did you watch that personalized video we made just for you? And right. You'd be surprised how many people never even watch the video. And, if, and of course, yeah. if you're one of the BDRs, you're just like, please just watch the video. Just watch the, I'm going to call your phone. I'm going to email. I'm going to watch the video. Because yeah. if they do watch the video, there's a 50% chance they're going to book a call.
A hundred percent. That's that's fascinating to listen about and through. And I think you know one thing that that's been um, uh, another thing that's been on my mind a lot recently. I'm curious to hear your take on this. Is taking the Russell Brunson approach to LTV, because one thing he talks about in his book, uh, Traffic Secrets, is that you know the customer might churn from a single item in your service. Like let's say they sign up for three thousand dollars per month. They're doing one of your services. They might churn on that in you know, six months or a year, but the companies that end up growing past $10 million a year in revenue, they can retain those people in the community because they know that the LTV is actually much longer than that. They take a longer term view. And instead of that, maybe they paid 50 grand, but they could actually pay 50 more grand in like a year from now, if they can retain that person in their ecosystem. Is your strategy for retention right now and retaining them past that initial point of churn is it the content or do you do something else? Or like, do you have a strategy for getting the customers to come back and keeping them engaged after they may churn? Cause I know you have really good retention, but I'm curious what, what, if they do leave, how do you keep them around? Yeah. That first client that I signed off a LinkedIn post in the first 48 hours of making my agency is still a client today, four and a half years yeah. later. So, so like when I was just my Amazon guy, they stuck with me throughout the entire system building. And I, and I think that's just, uh, you know, props to me, obviously, <laughs> um, for, for building that. Right. Like, but that's right. just, for me, that's like my own personal proof that like, okay, I built a good system, but along the way, I would say that there's two value props that we focus on. One, we grow your sales. Yeah. I'll talk a little bit about that. And the second is uh, peace of mind. So yeah. because it's so complicated to do what we do on Amazon, we give out all of our trade secrets. It's not me against you, other Amazon agency, because I know like 15 other Amazon agencies are gonna watch this for every tip they can get. It's not me against you. It's all of us against Amazon. And, right. and if there's one catchphrase I become famous for, I hope it's that one. Like mm. that's the one I wanna be famous for. And so what ends up happening is these smaller boutique agencies, they can't service every single piece of ground in the Amazon space. So what right. do they do? They refer it upward. Why? Because we help them. We help them through all the content and everything that we do. So, yeah. so that peace of mind angle is about trying to help the seller um, who sells on Amazon know that every piece will be taken care of because we do something that nobody else does. We defend every piece of ground when it comes to Amazon. And we've kept ourselves an inch wide and a mile deep in one niche. But let's go to the growing sales part. So there are four pillars that we believe grow sales for, for an Amazon seller. They are pay-per-click advertising and SEO, search engine optimization. Those are the traffic generating techniques and pillars. Right. Those are extraordinarily important. And, and I like to make the claim that we're the SEO Amazon leader in the world. The second is conversion elements, and that's going to include design and catalog management. So those are my four pillars. Those are the value props that we give. And we know that an Amazon seller, if they exit our agency, they will yeah. be missing three or all four of those pillars, guaranteed. Mm. Mm. Because yeah, because that's the thing. You get that you get that retention, that lock in, that makes it really difficult for them to go away. And very hard to yeah. replace us. SEO is is a great. I mean, I actually was surprised when I learned this recently that SEO is actually the most. Uh, it's it's the the one uh, category of of marketing that actually has the most spend by businesses every year is actually SEO. So and also the mainly because also the retention is so high. People stay around for so long on SEO because once they have an SEO provider, it's very difficult to switch and have the same results. I'm curious because I'd be remiss not to go into this. I know we have limited time. I'd be remiss not to at least touch on this part, which is 
on that content creator side, because I just find that that's such a big strength that you have in terms of posting content on LinkedIn, on YouTube and everywhere else. Can you talk about that journey from like, like what did year one look like creating content online versus now? Like what are some of the biggest things you've learned? And, you know, what were some of the biggest growth spurts you experienced on that journey? Because I think so many of us are trying to get into content, but get really discouraged and you, you've definitely crushed it. So I'm curious, like how that journey has been on the content creator side. So the same idea that I had when I first started my content journey is true today. Make unique content every damn day. Yeah. Right. Like if I get an email from a customer that I haven't answered before, a question I've never seen before, by end of day, I have a 15 minute video answering that question. Doesn't matter how small. And I post it. And then I make an infographic. Then I make a 60 second TikTok and whatever else I can get my hands on. So what I didn't do is invest in high editing or high performance-based content. Instead, my niche was informative. And so like information, if I wanted to be the Wikipedia of how to sell on Amazon, my branding position is I want to give the best education in the world as it relates to selling on Amazon. I just happen to be an agency. So with that in mind, it's on brand for me to share all my trade secrets. It's on brand for me to tell you how to solve every single problem. And the reason I can do that is because even if you know how to do it, it's still really damn hard with high level of effort and you're still going to hire me. That makes a lot of sense. Or at least a portion of you will. Yeah. And going going long tails is so, so important. You know, I'm going to be a little selfish here for a second. I'm sure it's going to help a lot of other people. So for example, I have a thousand, roughly like 850 YouTube subscribers. It's been kind of tough for me, to be honest. I've gotten a lot of like people binging it, which is cool. And like the watch time is pretty intense and which is awesome. Like that's what you want with YouTube. But I've kind of hit this point where I don't really know how to take it from 800 to 10,000 or something, right? What would be your biggest piece of advice from going from 800 to 10,000? Is exactly what you said? Or is there like off YouTube stuff you could do, like forming partnerships and- Trying to get in stuff. No shortcut. It it literally is grueling. Every overnight success took 10 years to make. So like when you see those big businesses just all of a sudden just take off and come out of nowhere. And we we could brainstorm like three or four on the fly right here. Yeah. I guarantee you their overnight success took years to make. Years. I am seen in the Amazon community as like a pillar of information now. But four years ago, when I first started, who was this guy? I don't even know if I want to invite him on my podcast. Like that's, you have to grind every right. single day, every single yeah. day. And, and, then, and then the next question is, is, what do you grind on? What's the messaging? What's the content, right? Like, what are you good at? So the second you start getting off messaging, you actually start to de- diminish, right? You right. lose subscribers, not, not literally, right. but, but figuratively. Like, so like I, I gain a thousand subscribers per month. If I stopped making content, I would still gain a thousand subscribers per month just because of the nature of the holding power of the content I've generated, which is nice. It's, it's holding power, which is good. But like, if I asked you right now, what are the top three problems every agency ever has? You would say. Leads. They can't figure out what to tell people. Everyone's scared of them because prospects don't like when people are being spammy. So try before you buy marketing. That's the first thing. Second thing I would say is uh, build a cult following like you've done pretty much. And then the third thing is uh, invest in an actual opportunity for arbitrage. So people, 
just copy other people and do the traditional approach. And I call it the traditional trap. And uh, they don't actually do anything different when they launch their businesses. And that's why they usually suck. So yeah, those three things. Yeah. Okay. So every piece of content you make should be about those three things. Yeah. And so like the second <laughs> you start going to the 10th problem or the 20th problem, right? that's when you lose message. That's mm -hmm. when you start getting off keel. Because at the end of the day, I will always need a new trick on lease. I will always need to know how to prospect better. If I had discovered you a year ago, I, I didn't even know what a BDR was. Right. Like, like, so so like there's so many things uh, that I didn't know that I needed to know and I had to learn this year. So your content has to proliferate and it's almost like you're going to make the same piece 10 times and call it 10 different things because the way that yeah. somebody finds it, 10 different avenues. Now, content burnout happens. It's a thing. And so you have to find creative ways to keep yourself going like your juices. And so sometimes yeah. bad things happening or frustrating things happening, get me going. That's like my thing. I'm like, yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. This is so dumb. I can't believe Amazon did this to me. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to show them, I'm going to fix it. And then I'm gonna make a video content about it. And then I'm going to rant about it. Like yeah. that's, that's, that works for me. Well, thank you so much, man, for being on the show. I know we're tight on time. So I want to give you an opportunity, obviously to share how people can stay active or engaged in my Amazon guy. What's the best way for them to get in contact? Uh, is there a an action they can take to get involved? What's the best way? So two ways, uh, subscribe to me on YouTube, youtube.com slash my Amazon guide. And the second is to go to myamazonguy.com slash subscribe. You can subscribe to our newsletter. We send out all kinds of great information, techniques, tips, tricks, things that you can do without hiring me to go out and grow your sales. These are things, if you're another Amazon agency, another agency out there, you can replicate these tools and do it yourself you have my permission. Thanks for having me on, Lucas. It's been great, man. I could ask you a million questions and I probably will offline, but uh, I appreciate your time and hopefully we can get you back on the show. So that way, you know, we get some more we'll, stuff in the future, you know, we'll keep the conversation going. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man.